One of the kind of foundational pieces to it is just the fun and play and curiosity of your childlike state. And I try to embed that in a lot of the programs. That freedom when you're a kid, if, if, you're, if you have that opportunity to just play outside, you know, and, and that's where your imagination and world was. Hey there, Story Sister. I hope you're ready to take a walk on the wild side because my guest on the podcast today is all about rediscovering your wild. Jess Spooner is an environmentally focused entrepreneur, guide, coach, and speaker based in St. John's, Newfoundland. She specializes in working with clients who are looking to reconnect with nature and live life off the beaten path. As the owner of Rewild Wellness, Jess has some great insights to share with us today about sustainability, community building, and even eco-psychology. In this episode, we talk about pausing for effect and the power that nature has in helping us rediscover our story. Jess also points out that 90% of Canadians spend 90% of their time indoors. Let that sink in for a moment. And hey, if you can, why not take this podcast outside today? Even if it's for a stroll around your neighborhood, getting outside can help increase your creativity, your productivity, and improve your overall mental health. All great reasons to spend time outdoors, wouldn't you say? So as always, be sure to stick around right to the end of today's episode. That's when I'll be sharing my top 10 takeaways from my interview with Jess. Plus, if you head over to our free Power Your Platform Facebook group, I'll be sharing the takeaways there as well. For now, let's get wild with Jess Spooner of Rewild Wellness. Welcome to Power Your Platform, the podcast for women who are building bold story brands. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. Each week, we'll explore big ideas about brand building and shine a spotlight on courageous women just like you who are owning their story, following their purpose, and changing the world. Whether you're a story starter, a story builder, or a story pro, this podcast is for you. I'll help you move your mindset from uncertain to unstoppable and provide you with the storytelling tools you need to make a real impact. Because we all have a story to tell and somewhere someone is waiting to hear yours. Join us each week for inspiring interviews, aha moments, and step-by-step -step action plans that will provide the framework to help you create your very own purpose-driven platform. Are you with me? All right, it's time to power up. Hey there, Jess, and welcome to the Power Your Platform podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast today and also to reconnect with you after what's been quite some time. So welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to see you again, as always. Well, you and I were just chatting before we hit record that the last time we saw each other in person was actually at the CEO conference, which if anyone is from Canada, you probably know it's a large conference for women entrepreneurs and activators. 
And it was literally minutes before the lockdown began, it feels like. And so that was the last time we connected. But wow, what a lot has happened in your life and in your business since then. And I'm really interested to hear more about your rebranded business, which is Rewild Wellness. But before we get started, could you just sort of define that term, rewilding, which, by the way, is one of my favorite words. What's it all about? Yeah, I really, I really love this word. And um, it's a, it's usually used in conservation and biology, and it's bringing a, um, a space, a natural space back to its natural state, uh, pre-domestication. And usually there's a reintroduction of wild animals and the things that would have lived there prior to people. And so for me, um, in the wellness industry, it was really important for me to find something that represented my own beliefs and values, but also um, that can, I really believe in bringing us back to our natural state, you know, and shedding all of this domestication that we that we've had over the years. And so it, it's a really good fitting word. And I love the fact that when we talk about rewilding as well, to me, it almost is um, a return to even like, that natural state of like the child that we were at the beginning and the child who ran wild through the woods, literally. And I don't know about you, Jess, but I certainly spent a, a lot of my childhood outdoors. This was way before digital things were, you know, all the rage. And so, you know, I think we were much more wild back then. And so this return to wild to me also sort of signifies this return to a more childlike state in a way. I don't know if that resonates with you, but for me, that's what I always think about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And one of the one of the kind of foundational pieces to it is just the fun and play and curiosity of your childlike state. Um, and and I try to embed that in a lot of the programs that that we offer. Mm. Absolutely, like just that freedom when you're a kid, if, if you were, if you have that opportunity to just play outside, you know, and, and that's where your imagination and world was. Absolutely. And yeah, fun and play creativity. I am all about those things. So tell us a little bit then about your story as to how you ended up back in the woods, if you will. And I know that uh, you've had such an interesting journey, even in the past couple of years. But yeah, let us know about that story path that led you to really rediscovering this idea of being wild again. Yeah, well, like yourself, actually, um, I spent a lot of time growing up in the little patch of woods next to the, the suburbs I grew up in, actually, and my family had a, a trailer or a camper, and so I'd run around barefoot all summer playing in the cedar trees and building forts and swimming in the lake, um, and that really cemented my outdoor experience. Like, it just, it just felt natural, and I always felt the most like myself when I was outside. Um, and my path actually kind of led me away from that, you know, through my teens and my, in my twenties. Um, and I went down a, a tourism path and I got into eco and adventure tourism and, and really just wanting to explore the world with a curious nature. Um, and actually it was working in tourism in Nova Scotia uh, that I had the opportunity to do a cycling tour. So there was an organization called the Otesha Project it's a, it was youth run and they led cycling and performing tours across the country. And so for two months, I lived on my bike with 13 others 
we traveled around Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, performing a play to kids and adults on the environment and how your everyday choices are impacting the environment. And this experience for me was pivotal because um, it, it really opened my eyes to environmentalism and it really opened my eyes to being accountable and how, uh, how to show up, how I wanted to show up in the world. And so with that, I'd started environmental groups in college and, and worked as a sustainability coordinator following that path, but there was always something calling me back outside. And so um, I had started a backpacking business for women um, just on the side and started taking women out on backcountry trails and provincial parks in Ontario. And um, while I was teaching at, in the college, I recognized that there was this lack of connection. So I've been spending years asking people to care about the environment, decades. And I recognized with one of the answers from a student that there was this missing connection to the outdoors. Um, and so I, I really started to look at different ways to rebuild that connection, because I think that you, it's difficult to care about something you're not connected to. Uh, and so I, I took forest therapy training or forest bathing um, certification. And I, I started to make that move um, to offering ways for people and myself to come back to that connection to the outdoors and starting to recognize the natural world around us because it's so easy and our society set up to be inside. Everything keeps us inside, inside our screens. And I mean, these last couple of years have really, really shown us. Um, and so I really just wanted a way to rewild and to step outside. And so I still work with women in backpacking um, and also uh, other nature-based programs. But that's that's kind of the journey uh, that's got me here. Today. I love it. And I should mention that before you made a big move from Ontario to Newfoundland, which you now are living on the rock, um, we, uh, we had connected also because I had a networking group of women entrepreneurs and you actually led us on a forest bathing experience, something I had never done before. And the idea of it was intriguing. And sure enough, we had a group of other women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who were feeling, you know, stressed, perhaps somewhat disconnected, as you mentioned. And so just that experience of even in a group of women together, walking through the woods, pausing. I remember you made us birch bark tea uh, and uh, read to us some beautiful indigenous poetry and just the entire experience on its own was so memorable. I have to say that. And you've probably done it so many times, but that was really my, my single experience of that nature. So I will say it's had such an impact um, what, who would be your ideal audience? I know like you've, you've done the backpacking for women in particular, but is there an audience just generally of people that you feel really would respond well to this type of experience, whether it's, you know, well, really the rewilding experience in this case? Yeah. So I think, um, I spent a lot of time, especially with the rebranding, considering if it was a different niche or a different audience um, and I mean forest bathing and, and just spending time outside is for everybody uh, and what I found actually is that from the backpacking group to now my niche for me is still very similar I think that 
so I particularly work with women between the ages of like 40 and 70, <laughs> 40 and 65. Um, and they naturally, like we just naturally connect. And I truly think that in that age group in particular, there was a lot of societal messaging that was downloaded and ways that you needed to live and things you needed to do or be or how you needed to show up in the world. And I think that what this offers is an opportunity to kind of hear your own voice and what, and it allows you to stop being the, the planner and the coordinator and the one thinking about all the next things that you need to be doing. Uh, and it lets you just kind of unravel and come back to yourself and just be for a period of time. And so I really think that that, that group um, particularly benefits from it. Although again, I, I think uh, since I've been here, I've done some work with students, uh, post-secondary students, and the amount of stresses um, and pressures that they're receiving even today with needing to perform in this, in this high-paced, fast society, it's, it's um, when I first started like, back in school, I really recognized like you could feel this energy and so I started to work with them and I think they as well really have benefited from, from things that just give permission to slow down. Yeah, that's a big platform of mind or a, a topic I, I've embraced in the last, well, since the lockdown began, I guess, really, or not the lockdown, but the pandemic, this idea of the, embracing the slow grow and it's so amazing. Once you start talking about something, all of a sudden you notice other people talking about a similar theme. And in my case, it's mostly women. And I'm like, okay, there is a reason that we are all talking about this. And, and again, referring back to the experience uh, that I'd had with you and that forest bathing experience, I remember the idea of stillness, this idea also of we, we were as a group, but then you told us to break off and we all found like a quiet spot to sit and think and just getting permission. I think, as you just said a moment ago, to have that space to reclaim some of our own thoughts and our own positions is powerful because until we do that, there is no next level for us, you know, whatever that means. Um, there is no really true peace and contentment because it's a really, there. I mean, it's very spiritual, isn't it? This connection between humans and nature. And so, I mean, what the work you do is, is so incredibly powerful. Um, what has been your experience? Now you mentioned you'd had experience, I guess, in the Maritimes before, but you've made a big geographical transition. How do you find it now that you're living in Newfoundland, which, you know, of course, is also known as the rock? Um, you know, what have you learned? What, what are some lessons that you maybe you've learned from nature since you've been in that area of, of the country? Yeah, the, the move, um, so I'm a nomad and I've, I've moved a lot. And this one um, was a little bit of a bigger one. I knew I was moving here for a longer period of time. And I was leaving a community in Ontario uh, where we had met. Um, I was leaving a community that I was really connected to. Uh, and also the one thing that I never really recognized was how connected I was to the natural world. I had built such a close relationship with all of the natural areas around uh, the Bay of Quinney area in Ontario um, and the and Prince Edward County and I and until I left that I was I knew I'd miss my friends but I didn't realize that I would be homesick for the land 
And I really missed that because the land here, while it is beautiful, it's very different. Uh, and it holds stories that aren't my own, you know, and, and it doesn't have memory for me yet. Um, so that was something that I worked through a little bit of grieving for that actually when I first was here. Um, interestingly, it wasn't long after I moved here that we had um, snowmageddon, we call it. So, um, you know, 74 centimeters of snow in 24 hours. It was like living in a snow globe. And I loved it. I love these wild weather, you know, patterns where you snowshoe out your front door. Uh, and then, and then of course, COVID happened right after that, like I think a month and a half to two months later. So it's been an interesting time to be somewhere new. Something that I've learned while living here is that you can be, you can be overcome and overwhelmed with awe. I've been able to travel this, the province over the last couple of years from, I'm on the far east side in St. John's up to the Northern Peninsula. Uh, and all of these different areas. And I've got to a point where it was almost like you can't take any more in. Like the landscape is so magical. I'm like, people live here? Like this is just like coastline after coastline, rock formations, you know, trees, the ocean. Like last summer I was uh, guiding sea kayak tours and I got to see seals and lions, and, or not lions, sorry, whales. Sea lions. Yeah. Sea lions was in my mind. <laughs> and whales um, while in a kayak and uh, puffins and like all of these creatures that I've seen caribou uh, since living here, things that, are, animals that I never thought that I would see. I'm used to like raccoons and deer, and, you know? Um, and so that's been really lovely and being able to build a connection to this space. Mm. Um, has been a fun process and it, and it has been a process it didn't happen all at once it took some time to get used to and it's all a part of that rewilding I think even just yes. this, this idea of you know discovering different types of nature as you're saying different landscapes and being reminded we are so small in this vast and and we're just talking about one country not to mention all the other you know formations and coastlines around the world. So incredible. Well, speaking of wild as well, I have to transition just slightly here because you recently not only moved to Newfoundland, which was a big change, but also you turned 40 while completing university. And I wanted to touch on this. First of all, congratulations. That's amazing. Because one of the big messages really that I want to get across as well with this platform is that you are never too old to to be who you might have been or to do what you might have done. So what are your thoughts about pursuing your dream at any age? Because I'm assuming that completing a university degree must have been one of your dreams. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. I think uh, university was honestly the first big word that I could spell. Uh, and it, that, that's wild in itself. And um, it's something that I had started working on years ago, very part-time, kind of tepidly, like putting my toe in, taking a course, and then taking some time off. Um, and I think that I like what you had said. Um, it's never too late to be what you might have been. And I also think that um, you can't be what you can't see. And so what I think is interesting about this is like time is going to pass anyway. And, you know, what you choose to do with that time 
I think it really needs to speak to you. And um, I mean, now it's, it's over, I'm graduating. This, I just finished. And, you know, um, a few years ago when I was sitting on my back, my back balcony contemplating, like just diving in, um, it was interesting. It was interesting actually, because I was wondering if I used school as a, as a, you know, a little bit of a form of like self-sabotage because I always have it to go back to. And my partner had said to me, well, you could just finish it. And then you don't have it to go back to. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, yeah, I could just finish it. And so the next day I, I signed up uh, to like full time and it hasn't been met without challenges in itself, like being a student again and um, all of those things. But I think that it's, it's your life. We hear that all the time, but we really live for others a lot of the time. And we put things off for another day. Um, and essentially almost you're a different person in another day and it may mm -hmm. not be yeah, without getting too far, but it's like the time will pass anyway. It goes by so quickly. It's been four years since I started and I, I feel like I was just signing up. Um, at this stage in my life as well, like we are, I mean, Jane Fonda said it, like we're living longer, right? We have more acts in our life. And so, yep, I'm 40, but I hopefully still have 30 or 40 years to do this path now. And I'm really excited. And it's just things that bring you joy and light you up uh, and you're responsible to yourself. Yeah, I love that idea. We have so many more acts now. You're, you're absolutely right. So kudos to Jane Fonda for that one. <laughs> yeah. Who has just demonstrated that over and over that she is living proof of that, isn't she? Uh, yeah. So one thing we like to talk about on this podcast as well is, you know, power moves and how we can really put into motion right away, you know, something that we might be talking about. In this case, today, we're talking, of course, about um, rewilding and, you know, what would be a power move that you might suggest just a first single step that someone might take right after they finish listening to this podcast to say, okay, this is interesting to me. It resonates. Where do I start? What's, what's one move they could make today? Uh, I honestly believe after listening to this podcast or listen to it while you're outside, <laughs> like just go outside. Um, and for me, one of the big key things about rewilding is question your immediate reactions to things and why you're reacting that way. And even in that step outside when you finish listening to this, immediately you may start to talk to yourself why you can't do it or why you shouldn't do it. And so start noticing these narratives that you, that you tell yourself uh, and start questioning them. And not, and not question it so you don't do it or you're hypercritical, but really just start looking at the narratives you're telling yourself and where they're coming from and why you're, why, like dig into and get curious about why you feel that, why you're reacting that way. Like, what is that? Uh, and I think that that in itself is a really powerful move when you can start to tap into the curiosity about yourself and, and why you're doing things that you're doing. Mm, I so agree. And you use the word narratives. I use the word stories all the time just because I'm a story coach, but it's that it's, you're absolutely right. Where is that story coming from? How did, and is it true or is it not true? One thing also, just as we're nearing the end here today, but as you were talking about rewilding and going out into the woods, 
immediately thoughts that started to come up in my mind were, oh, you know, how safe is it? Because oh, there's ticks, there's Lyme disease. And today we've never been more afraid to go into the woods or into nature. And it's really unfortunate because you're right. There's that connection we're missing more than ever. And so, you know, how do you just, you know, address people's fears when they bring up things like, I'm afraid to go into the woods. Mm -hmm. That's a really or great into question. nature, whatever. It might yeah. Be. Yeah. That that's actually a really great question because, um, it's also shown, um, studies are showing that women predominantly, uh, over 50% of women are afraid of being in green spaces just in itself, which is wild. Right. And if we're afraid of being outside, what message is that sending to our kids? Even if you're not thinking about it, you're sending these messages. Uh, and so I always think about the people who live in uh, mountain lion country, right? You live in areas where there's mountain lions and that's a real big animal fear. And so you practice living in an area where there's mountain lions, you practice safety, you prepare yourself with knowledge and information. And I think that as well in going outside Never before have we spent 90% of our time indoors. We have been a species outside and it hasn't been separate from inside. It's just, we live there. Uh, and these fears are things we're watching. These are narratives that we're putting in. And so again, start questioning that. If you're concerned about ticks, there are precautions you can take to protect yourself from tick bites folding your pants into your socks, not wearing sandals and shorts when you're in long grass areas, um, checking yourself, having your, your friend or family member, or kids like run their hands on your let, you know, and, and doing tick checks and just giving yourself information, finding good information and, and preparing yourself that way. I mean, um, there's so many health studies showing the benefits of being outdoors. Like, yeah. and it seems so simple. It's like, I know that, but we're not doing it. 90, again, 90% 90 of Canadians are spending 90% of their time inside. Like wow. it's, it's wild. Yeah. And so um, really just step outside, go into places you are comfortable. Um, local parks, local green spaces. I mean, I can look out my window and I see some trees. Even that is being outside. It's just noticing where nature is. Uh, and giving that to yourself. Yeah. And this is a message, of course, for year round. However, right now as Canadians, as we're coming out of a very cold winter, of course, and heading into the beautiful summer months, I hope that people will really take this message that you're talking about today, Jess, to heart and start to rewild. So what is coming up next for Rewild Wellness? Let us know a little bit about my, what might be on the horizon for you and for your business. There's lots of exciting things, actually. So. Um, in, in moving to a new province, an island province, um, I am an outsider. I love being outside, but I'm also a, an outsider here. And so we have a hiking series this summer for others who feel or may have felt like outsiders in their life. But also we've um, just received a grant from Memorial University's, uh, it's a quick start grant from their public engagement office. And so we've partnered with the St. John's Women's Center and a private college here, uh, Eastern Academy, their child and youth work program to provide hikes for women who are in vulnerable situations. And so we provide transportation, a weekly guided hike and childcare through their child and youth care program for free for them for uh, seven weeks. So we'll be starting that at the end of May. And I'm really excited about 
uh, this work that I've been doing with the Women's Center and this, this um, and just making the outdoors accessible to everyone because there's barriers that we all experience and we, we've talked about a couple of those. Uh, and then in the fall, I'll be making my way to Nova Scotia once again for a master's program uh, there. So I'll be in another Atlantic province um, and hiking and, and doing all those fun things. So. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. I love the work you're doing. I've loved it ever since I discovered it. And so just, just we wish you all the best. And I know that people would love to find out where they can go to learn more about the work you're doing. So where should we send them? Yeah, so you can um, check us out on the website, uh, rewildwellness.ca. Uh, we also have Facebook and Instagram accounts. There's Women Hike Wild and Rewild Wellness. We have both. Um, LinkedIn, you know, under uh, Jessica Spooner. So wonderful. We'll make sure to link to those in the show notes that people can check it out. And by all means, if you're listening today, get outside. Let's just take advantage of today this very moment and as Jess has said in the power moves just ask yourself why maybe you're you know you're a little reluctant to do that today because there's there's a deep learning and and you know introspection that can come even from that so thank you so much Jess for joining me and I just hope that you have a wild day out there just have a wild one okay <laughs> thanks so much that's awesome take care thanks so much All right, who's up for a hike in the woods after listening to today's episode? I know I am. Because today's conversation with Jess reminded me why I love to spend time in nature and how it helps remind me of who I am and the purpose of my story. If you'd like to learn more about Rewild Wellness, be sure to visit rewildwellness.ca or click on the show notes for today's episode for a direct link. As promised, here are my top 10 takeaways from today's conversation with Jess Spooner of Rewild Wellness. Number one, rewilding is all about returning to a sense of freedom that comes with being in a natural state. Number two, being alone in nature can help you rediscover your inner voice and come back to the core of who you are. Number three, we need to give ourselves permission to reclaim our own thoughts and viewpoints about the world around us. Number four, fun, play, and childlike creativity are all a part of the rewilding process. Number five, spending time outdoors is for everyone. So ask yourself, when was the last time you reconnected with nature? Number six, each new landscape holds stories for us to discover. So the more we explore, the more we learn. Number seven, you're never too old to be who you might have been. Number eight, spend time outside every day, no matter what the weather may be. Number nine, if walking in the woods makes you nervous, then find a public park or an open green space where you can reconnect with the natural world. And number 10, today's power move is to examine the thoughts you have about spending time outdoors and notice the stories you're telling yourself about what it means to connect with nature. 
Thanks so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed today's interview, then let us know your key takeaways and be sure to share them on social media. Of course, when you do, we'd love it if you'd tag Power Your Platform and Rewild Wellness. We'd love to hear your ideas and share them with our own audiences. Until next time, keep owning your story, following your purpose, and raising your voice. Because the world is waiting to hear your story. Thank you.